0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.
1: Hello, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Okay, y'all, I just pressed record. I'm live on Instagram uh, with my friends to introduce the next podcast guest. Ronnie Landis. Holy mackerel, uh, this, this interview is going to be very polarizing. I mean, I'm talking really polarizing. And what's interesting is it seems like there's an um, escalation of polarization with the Breaking Normal podcast. Did you listen to the podcast with Jennifer Gibson? Who introduced me to Jack Wolfson, who's the most recent podcast guest, Your Skin is a Solar Panel? Well, if you're not triggered by the first 10 minutes of that podcast, that's crazy. And I'll tell you, and that's cool, um, I'm typically inspired by people that can offend me in a loving way. You know, it's easier to to offend someone in a non-loving way, but to offend them in a loving way, holy moly, I, I trust that we're doing that here for you at the Breaking Normal Podcast. So definitely check out the most recent episode with Dr. Jack Wolfson, also known as the paleocardiologist um that's the name of his book which i highly encourage you to check out what a book oh it's on it's on audible and i think you can get it for free we'll include that in the free um we'll include that in the show notes and what i want to say before i introduce ronnie is something that we did not talk about on the episode which i did talk about on the episode with dr jack wolfson and that is glyphosate the uh ingredient in ready roundup where there's all these like multi million dollar lawsuits around um i one of the things we talked about J- dr jack wilson mentioned of what an issue that is for our current culture and what i did not issue what i failed to mention in that episode which i know ronnie knows a lot about because he's a bad assiter for the company as well is purium purium there's a few products they have that i'm really um inspired by almost as uh, like, it inspired me enough to um, steward tribe vitamins, which I am even more inspired by. I can I am amazed by the results that I continuously hear about the bison liver and the elk liver, and now for myself, the bison testicles. I don't. I, we might have like if I don't know how many bottles we have left. Probably single digits, but um, I've gotten the goosebumps. I have um, since since. since consuming these freeze-dried bison testicle powder from 100% grass-fed, grass-finished bison, which there is like an ultra-limited supply of globally. But my supplier was um, generous enough to allow me to buy it all from him, which is not that much. But I've been consuming... And uh, yeah, the very first day after consuming it, I went on the first date I've been on for over a year. I'm not sure if the other person would consider it a date, but I consider it a date. And then the cascading effects since then, which has been like three or four days, have been like borderline uh, ridiculous, ridiculous. It reminds me of when I was a raw vegan, like the animal from the raw raws and I ate uh, salmon for the first time. It reminds me of that. So I'm imagining I'm having a, a real testosterone boost right now, and it feels good. It feels real powerful and good. And we have those bottles for sale. It's like kind of a, one of our experimental micro-batch, ultra-micro-batch seasonal products available. And I'd say if you feel the call, go ahead and put your order in right now. Um, and then the bison liver I trust will be available. I trust it'll continuously be available. That's also a limited supply, but we have like potentially thousands of bottles of those and uh, the results are ridiculous. Go get you some Tribe Vitamins. So, with Perium, they have the products. They have one product that Tribe Vitamins does not have and it's called um, what is it called? Is there Biomedic. Biomedic and it's a prebiotic probiotic blend that allegedly, after a certain time of use, you can look it up on the website, will remove 70-plus percent of glyphosate from someone's lower gut. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I almost think that Purium, that's like their biggest sale. That's like their biggest pitch to the world. And it just so happens they have a lot of epic other products that I would highly recommend called can't, uh, I Can't I can't Beat This. Can't Beat This as a pre-workout morning drink. Holy moly. And the Apothecary which is pure cherry juice concentrate from organic cherries grown in rich soil. Bedtime. Um, can't beat this would be morning time. And the glyphosate removing um, detoxifying prebiotic probiotic blend is called Biomedic. You can order all those at uh, my link that will be in the show notes of this. If you're like watching this on Instagram live right now, it's, I think it's called ishopperium.com slash breaking normal. I would honestly, if you've never um, been involved with them yet, to go ahead and just like order one of their packages, like the core four or the ultimate lifestyle transformation. And I say all this because Ronnie is also an ambassador for this company. And um, <clears throat> I was a little hesitant. I had an issue with one of my orders, and I wanted to make sure the customer service before I sent more people their way um, because it was kind of complicated, and the customer service was a little challenging to get in touch with. But I wanted to make sure they took care of me uh, before I promoted them again. And sure enough, they sent me, they're sending me over $300 of free products today. The person I talked to, I think her name was Debbie or something. Holy moly, that's like the customer service I dream of. For Tribe Vitamins and any company I'm um, affiliated with, so thank you, Perium. Thank you, Perium. Thank you, Tribe Vitamins. Thank you all for being courageous enough to give these products a go and affirm my inkling that holy moly, these things work. Um, Paul, check previous Rob Ross guest, not yet breaking normal podcast guest. Let's plant that seed. Um, I remember him quoting Laird Hamilton, also a Rob Ross guest, but not a Breaking Your Own Podcast guest yet, about like what is God and like God is the truth and what is truth and the truth is what works. Holy moly, Tribe Vitamins, and Purium; those products I mentioned work, and that's a fact in my book. And it's also a fact that I don't trust fact checkers. Thank you, Awaken JP, my first Breaking Your Podcast guest, and the the author of the Forward of Breaking Normal, the book, which I think is more relevant than ever right now. Download it on Audible. Check it out. Get your Purion products. Get your tri-vitamins. Break normal. Normal is so dangerous right now. I cannot believe some of the things I'm seeing that are becoming normalized, like businesses celebrating that all their staff are vaccinated in order to peer pressure, neighboring businesses to get all their staff vaccinated. And I'm like, whoa. And Ronnie has a lot of things to say about that. So enjoy this episode. Definitely check out the previous episode. Definitely reach out to me if you want to, if you want to. And I will say, I'm going to shit on you, and I should rarely shit on people. Leave a review on the Breaking Normal podcast on Apple if this at all serves you. I've had like a, such a crazy tightrope of reality that I've been walking as of late. And one of the things that also really worked for me is just to stay faithful to being generous, to being generous with what my heart calls me to. And if you're listening to this and if you're listening to the Break Normal podcast and you haven't left a review or tried some of the... Um, if you, I, I don't want you to be a passive bystander. Breaking Normal podcast and this lifestyle is not... A spectator sport. It is, a, it is an invitation to get involved and to report out loud what's happening for you accurately, without a dogma, without a bias, and to, you know, like fart from your heart and speak from there as well. And holding that shit in is constipation, which is also probably analogous to depression and suppression. So let it go. Let it flow. Anybody have any questions on Instagram before I stop recording? Um, My friend, just while I'll I'll honor my friends on Instagram who have said some things while I've started this podcast. Glyphosate is hard to eliminate? Question mark. Good question. Great question. I think this um, Biomedic is one of the only products that I know that claims to do that based on clinical studies and what I would say about when I've used that I think I assimilate nutrients from other foods better and maybe it has something to do with that. Allegedly this glyphosate because of the winds and everything is arguably in a lot more places than it was originally intended to be. Um, someone says it's sad hmm sadness madness I mean i I maybe to the degree someone can feel sad is to the degree they can feel happy. I don't see an issue with sadness. I see an issue with any emotion if someone tries to stay in it <laughs> um shirts, food right, I'm just reading the rest of these all right, it looks like that's good looks like that's God. I just got a call from my dad um. I get a lot of questions about that, by the way. The most common question I get, I'm not legally really allowed to speak about. That. Maybe I am. I'm not sure. I would have to like do some research. But if you have that question to me, send me a direct message, uh, maybe through email or Instagram, at Daniel Eisenman. Um, my email is daniel at breakingnormal.com. I still have puppies, yes. You want to see them real quick? Should I show the... All right, let me... While I'm on... Hey, all right, come here. I'm not sure if I should leave this on the podcast intro or not, but I will say it is a major responsibility to have pit bulls. And that's probably why, like, when I went to the local pound here, 90% of the dogs probably had pit bull in them, but here's my puppy. And the issue with these dogs are if they don't have an alpha... (laughs) And if you maybe if you get some bison testicles, you'll feel that alpha energy even more. But if they don't have an alpha, they're gonna try to be it. And these dogs are way too strong and dangerous to be alphas. Oh my gosh! This dog is his name is Rough Rough. He is so rough. <laughs> he is so rough. Araya had puppies, her one and only litter, and that's the biggest. Male. And the rest are in epic homes, and uh, Ruff Ruff's a stud. He's ridiculous. And if someone is scared to treat their dog like a mother dog would treat their puppy, let me just let you know that um, I'm not. I'm not at all promoting like hitting dogs or anything. But like Caesar Milan, future Breaking a podcast guest. Just watch him. I think he does it, he's better. He's like a better public figure of dog training than anyone else I've seen. And um, it's important for these dogs to know who's in charge so that they can relax and not be on guard. Treat, if you have a pit bull, make sure your pit bull feels like the president rather than the guard dog. You are the guard dog or <laughs> your president known as the pit bull. Otherwise, it might end up in a pound. And that's ridiculous because these are the best dogs in the world. Uh, I think they're the most emotionally intelligent. I would probably say like the Australian Shepherds and those, um, that that kind of the Border Collie thing is probably the most mentally intelligent, but these are the most emotionally intelligent Uh, canines, arguably creatures on earth. I mean, they might be part human. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're more human than some of the humans that I know. And, um... Anyways, I'm really passionate about that. One of my previous podcast guests, Stephen Kotler, uh, we talked about that. We talked about dog racism and pit bulls and black pit bulls and all this crazy crap that is so cool to consider. (laughs) Check that episode out. Um, But it's a big deal. The human-canine connection and the history of that and the evolution of it is a big deal. And like, there are dogs out there that, for instance, I think are bred mostly through C-sections. Or artificial insemination. Miss Araya here did it the old fashioned way. Five puppies came out right away. Six and seven got stuck, uterus and a birth canal, died. Number seven was a C section baby and resuscitated after twenty minutes. And that happened. I wasn't even there. My cousins who are experts that are vet ones of vet tech, uh, like her roommates of vet tech and they live right next to a vet, they I was blessed enough to be connected with them and they helped all this happen but the crazy thing is when Araya, even at like even years ago people thought she was a mother she's not a mother she wasn't a mother then but she she is a mother since the beginning and i think it's time to go based on one of y'all's questions and what i hear in the background keep breaking normal let's go hey y'all welcome to the breaking normal podcast this is like episode i'm imagining around 111 or
0: so i'm not sure (laughs)
1: But I'm here with Ronnie Landis. I've actually been on his podcast before. What's the name of your podcast, Ronnie?
0: Um, it is actually in the reinvention phase. It's gone by a few different names. Uh, it was the Holistic Human Optimization Show.
1: Okay. And what, you, what are you playing with now? Like if someone wanted to look up our episode or some of your uh-huh. other episodes, should they just search your name? And your-
0: yeah. Yeah. Just search my name. It'll show up right right now. It's it's under the, the banner of the, um, yeah, I think the, the, the high performance health podcast. And it's going through a complete transformation in parallel to my own transformation that I've been going through. And it's going to be much more of a, much more about just transformational conversations. Health will be embedded in there, but I've had that conversation for about 12 years. So I'm ready to take it up to a different level.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having that conversation for 12 years. And, um, Tell us, what do you mean by it's metaphorical to the transformation that you're going through? Like, where are you at now compared to Mm -hmm. when we did the podcast? I'm imagining like a year plus ago.
0: It's definitely been longer than that. It's I want to say like at least three to four years. Um, That that last one we did, but um, yeah, man, thanks for asking the question. I'm I'm currently sitting in the refinement process. I'd call it the alchemical refinement process of. Of who I am, what I am, what I'm doing on this planet, what my mission is, you know, my purpose, and and all that kind of came to head. I I was in a a deep ayahuasca retreat two weeks ago, and it concluded a week ago, and I spent the last week integrating into loom. Just got back two nights ago, and uh, wow, oh wow, that was single-handedly the most powerful and the most important experience of my entire life. It, it's. It basically took me through the fire and took me through my own initiation and it uh, it transformed things inside of me. It healed things inside of me I didn't even know needed to be healed. And it put it.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I mean, that, first of all, that's a huge statement coming from you because I know <laughs> you've gone through a lot of powerful and important things in your life.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. How did this one exceed that? And have you done ayahuasca before? Mm-hmm. Or is this your first experience? No,
0: I've done ayahuasca about four or five times before, but I hadn't done it in about five years. So it just, it didn't call or it wasn't the right opportunity. Done a lot of other things, experimented with a lot of other uh, entheogens, um, psychedelics, plant medicines, and um, <clears throat> those have been all amazing and wonderful. One of the things Aya showed me was that compared to this experience, all that was basically like gumballs in a gumball machine comparatively, like the, like toys, like candy. Um, and what I mean by that is this was so palpably, um, it, the best way to explain it is like the ultimate life coach. Like I became the ultimate life coach, taking me through every little thing, showed me my ego, brought up all these little situations with, with past girlfriends or conversations with different people and showed me where my ego was getting out of bounds, where, there was just all these subtle little indiscretions <clears throat> that I wasn't really aware of, but it basically hum- humbled me, <clears throat> humbled me to my core. And uh thank God for that. What a liberation from my ego. Um, So, I mean, there, there's so much, there's many, many stories to tell, but I, I would say like kind of like the, the, what made it so powerful for me was that it it just brought me to my my most authentic and true self. Not that I wasn't authentic before, but you know, we go through life and we have experiences. We we go through trauma, we go through relationship debunkles, heartbreaks, and I had been through so much and had carried so much that I just felt very weighed down. Especially over the last year, I've been going very hard um, in a lot of different ways. I, I got divorced in January. I know you you had a separation as well. And um you know, I had no go-
1: idea that you got divorced in yep. January. You are <laughs> you're, you're already officially divorced.
0: Yeah, yeah. In January we officially <clears throat> we officially called it. And um yeah, I, I didn't really talk about it. I, I was just in the recovery process. I'd gone through so much in that year and that relationship really broke me down in a lot of ways. Um, some healthy, some not so healthy. And I spent months just really trying to uh, recover and and get myself back together. So so, all that said, when ayahuasca called me through an opportunity, everything was at the surface. <clears throat> everything inside of me had just been bubbling up, and it was at the surface. And I, I was really struggling. You know, it wasn't obvious on the outside, and it wasn't even obvious to me. But when I went through the ceremonies, it showed me how not okay I really was you know what I mean
1: wow well I mean I'm pretty amazed that we are sharing um a divorce experience so similar such similar seasons in our life I mean mm-hmm. um when do you mind if I ask yeah. when's your birthday
0: may 19th uh, what year uh 1985
1: do you know you're like um i rarely should share this publicly but i'll do it for this case and, and for the people that really listen to these podcasts closely they're like finally found it out <laughs> you're like 11 days older than me oh really yeah oh wow and um i'll ask you and I, i'm really not in a position to talk about too many details in my personal experience if anyone ever is listening and they want to talk about it with me hey feel free to send me a message um because it, it has been the most challenging uh, two years emotionally in my life by mm. far mm. and the most rewarding, you know, our situations are a little different because um, my daughter is the happiest person I know. Wow. Um, actually. And I, you know, I know a lot of people just like you have a lot of, when you tell me you have the most powerful, important experience for your life. And I say, that's kind of like me saying, yeah, my daughter's the happiest person I know. And, and it's really striking me that. And that's been the most rewarding part, but I've been amazed what I've had to endure to keep that stability and structure in her life. And like, wow, wow. I mean, uh, I, if you want to talk more, you said, you mentioned it, like the, this, the idea that your ego with mm-hmm. past girlfriends was really mm-hmm. shown to you. Would you care to elaborate on that? Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd love to actually, it's really important. It was one of the most important confrontations in the whole journey. And um, so I, I had come out of that relationship feeling very bitter feeling very wounded, feeling very, like, used. Um, and th- and th- by the way, those were all, like, valid based on my experience. It wasn't as if, like, that wasn't true. Like, I really felt that way, and I, I had evidence to back it up. But what I showed me was my part in the situation. It showed me how out of integrity I was with myself and how those things that I... You know, it's like we play peekaboo with God. We play games as if it's as if everything is not already fully available. Right. I'm just I'm just hiding it or I'm just like, oh, no, I'm just working on it by myself or, you know, the little shadow stuff. Um, But it it showed me how those things that I wasn't being integrity with were bleeding over. And then, of course, she's a feminine. She's tapped in intuitively. So she's feeling things. She may not even know what she's feeling. She's feeling anger. She's feeling whatever. And then it's creating these emotionally draining situations. And um, it just really showed me that. It just showed me the victim stories. It showed me my, my BS. It showed me just basically it was like you are you have been out of integrity. You've dropped the ball. And, uh, and it, it leveled me out. It was, it was basically like, you know, the school teacher smacking you with the ruler over and over and over. And it was, it was interesting because it sounds really intense, but it was actually one of the most beautiful parts of the journey. Because once I just got the lesson, I just, I was like, like, it was so humbling. And I just, I called myself out and I said, Ronnie, wow. Wow. Good job. You really dropped the ball. And and after I got the lesson, there was like this grace moment that came over, and then me, my higher self, whatever you want to call it, it kind of came over and comforted the little boy that just got reprimanded, and said, "You don't need to be so hard on yourself. It's okay. You just need to live in integrity." And uh, you know that 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 was kind of that was the lesson.
1: Yeah, I'm getting this imagery of. Like kind of like a chick bring, breaking out of an egg and like
0: uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. the grief, the grief Ooh. of that, the grief yeah. of coming into the world from this like comfortable <laughs> womb, whether it's a baby and a mom or a chicken and egg or however you want to look at it. Yes. And then like that, but by breaking through that grief uh, and experience, it sounds like you really experienced the, that's why I just, I'm like, I wrote down like grief to grace to God.
0: Ooh, you just, dude, you just nailed it. You literally just nailed the, the sequence of events. Hmm. Yeah, my my my. It brought me to literally brought me to my knees to God. Hmm.
1: And then, what do you think about? Because I've even seen some of the comments on your Instagram recently, and you know, I've uh, even I've been I was raised at a young age from the Christian faith, kind of a battle between like a Jewish and Christian upbringing, and um, so I think I got really familiar with not being so seduced into fighting about God but I, I've seen some comments on uh, your post about like hey, you psychedelics don't bring you to God that's like a, an illusion like yeah, I'm curious yeah, what yeah. what do you think about Oh
0: that? man I'm, 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 I have a post coming about that it's just it's just I haven't bothered to get into it but I, I know that I need to get into it because there's some dis- discernment or some distinctions I feel I need to make for those people that are very tied to the Christian. Framework and um, and and I, I really appreciate Christian values. I think we've been going through some kind of religious spiritual revival, especially in this country, maybe in the our, our whole world this last year. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's an interesting thing, right? Because if we live on this planet and God created the planet, does that stand to reason that also God, whatever if whatever whatever you want to label it, the creator also created certain. Plants, certain um, certain things that are that are that create an access point to experiencing the divine. I mean, there's like countless, like and literally countless thousands of testimonials, research studies, um, you know, psychotherapeutic research studies now peer reviewed, studying the effects of things like MDMA-assisted psychotherapy and psilocybin and ayahuasca and iboga and 5MEO DMT, and and the accounts from people. Are all really very, very similar. Um so I mean, as far as people that that say those things, the the confusion for them is simply that they haven't had a direct experience. So their 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 reference point, they don't have a reference point for it, right? Their reference point is like going to the church or communing in that kind of way. And, and that's great, but I've never experienced God in a church personally. I've never ever experienced God. That direct contact, and what's great about the the entheogenic experience when done correctly, when facilitated correctly, it cuts out the middleman, which is why which which is why I'm not interested in putting God in a box, like, please, we need, like can we stop putting the divine in some kind of box and and that we're comfortable with? And one of the great things about things like ayahuasca is it it shows you how big God really is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really appreciate you bringing up the point, too, about the earth that we're on. And without the dogma from the middleman, why would a human being question um, receiving a gift such as, I mean, we can go down as simple as coffee or tea. Yeah to maybe ones that are even more taboo, like, because MDMA, MDMA is sort of a, uh, manufacturer. It's a manipulated mm-hmm. drug. If I'm understanding that correctly, compared yeah, to say it's, it's,
0: it's, it's compared to like a specifically like a plant medicine for sure. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, this is such a, a interesting conversation to me because I know that you, there, there's a few people that I can think that would like want to think things through as much as I do, Mm-hmm. um, around certain topics. Like I know your new book coming out about addiction or it's already it's, it's out. It's already out. T- tell me the title of that one. So people can the, look it up and where can they get it?
0: Uh, the addiction free lifestyle and it's the addiction, free uh,
1: Okay, great. And, um, I mean, I'm curious, how does this, how do these, these gifts from God as you may see them, but other people may see them. I'm thinking like, maybe they see it as, um, like Adam and Eve and the uh-huh. garden uh-huh. of Eden. And they're like, Maybe this MDMA or, or milking of toxins off of frog's mm. back is like eating from the tree of knowledge. Maybe is that is this like the fall for man or is it? Well, actually- I, well
0: OK, so, OK, I got to let's let's just get this out there. So a lot of these stories have been what I call Vaticanized, Vaticanized. So by the Vatican Church, which now the The disclosure on that is is widespread. What's been going on with the Vatican Church and in Pope after Pope, after Pope, all the way through antiquity and the corruption of the teachings of Christ and and all all of it. So I mean, we could actually get deep into those stories. I don't know if we really want to go there, but like I think we what's what's ended up happening is we've gotten some kind of watered down, children's story version of these Bible allegories, and, and, and people are not, they're, they're in a box, they're in a box of their own mind, and they're not really thinking, they're not, they're not able to break out of that box proposed to them by the, the Catholic Church or whatever the thing, the Bible, whatever the thing is. Um, I can say from my experience and the experience and testimony of countless, countless, countless people, and it seems to be the same thing over and over, is that these substances help to bridge the gap between the default mode network in the brain. So that's like the filter, right? The filtering in all the information and keeps us kind of in this, this somewhat linear um, you know, uh, frame of reality. Um, and then once that that is removed or down-regulated, all of a sudden we're able to perceive... Uh, a different a different reality and we're able to go into our own our own subconscious and start to see what's really going on there. So some people may feel like, okay, yeah, you're eating from the, the tree of, of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. Well guess what? In our world right now, I want to know about good and evil. That's, that, that has been hidden from us for so long and we're at some kind of choice point, some kind of bifurcation in our world right now where we need to actually get really clear about good and evil and figure out which direction we're going to go. Because it doesn't appear to me that there's a middle ground. It does feel very much like it's it's this way or that way. And um, for me, ayahuasca put certain things in my in my face, like put it in my face It made it very clear that. uh, Yeah, very clear that we don't know very much.
1: Well, um, yeah, I appreciate your passion around the good and evil. And I just can't help but really consider what I've seen in so many of my friends' lives and my own life, and then seeing what's going on with the collective that I uh, totally agree that we are at some huge transition point in humanity. And it's I would. I was. telling one of my friends yesterday or a few days ago, and they may have thought I was like joking, but I'm um, actually seriously. Jesus seems to be making a big comeback right now.
0: Dude, I was just having this conversation this morning, like two hours ago, with another friend. And
1: I'll tell you about Jesus. A few things Please. that have just been super mystical. I think one of uh, just ones that come up through the podcast, like in, in thinking of you, because I know we both live in San Diego. Yeah. I remember once hanging out in Encinitas. I think it was at Eve. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, we were eating at Eve, my brother and a neighbor, and I, we were talking about how Jesus seems to be one of the most taboo words in Encinitas. Mm. Like you could say anything, but if you start talking about Jesus, you could really ruffle some feathers. Wow. And then, right as I we say, were saying that, a lady walks up to us and starts screaming at the top of her lungs, um, right there in that moment. And, I was, and we were all like, "Wow." well, I love Jesus. That's what I felt like at that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on right now? And then um, I think I did a podcast with my brother once and we started talking about Jesus. And then all of a sudden I look in the sky and there's a a plane that was uh, writing the word Jesus, at the, like in Whoa. Austin. That was in Austin, I believe. I need to like, re-listen to that podcast. And I'm I'm using these like simple examples because I think sometimes when people make Jesus or anything out to be it's like personally profound, wild, like it's hard to sometimes hard to empathize with because they mm. don't maybe experience Jesus that way. But I'm telling you, I've seen Jesus in ways that it would blow anyone's mind. And I've experienced Jesus mm. in the way that I'm mm. I'm in love with Jesus. Uh-huh. And, I, and I don't even think gee, that's the, maybe he was called Yeshua when he was in the um, mm. human form walking this earth. But I guess I'm more curious because there's a lot of, I like the uh, paradoxes of these conversations and like the. The polarization. Here we are talking about the benefits of all these what people consider drugs, while I'm talking to an author of an addiction-free book, and uh-huh. also talking mm-hmm. about how this, these drugs—not that's what maybe not what you call them, but other people might think—are connecting you yes, to Jesus. Yeah. Like, what, tell us more. How does Jesus fit into this equation?
0: <sighs> I mean, how does he not? like it's so it's so funny you say what you just said about like Jesus making a comeback i was just having a back and forth audio with another brother of mine and you know i was just mentioned talking about my experience and like this this god encounter and repenting uncontrollably repenting and he and then he starts telling me about Jesus and how much he loves Jesus and in the in the whole thing and it's and then it's like last night i was on speaking to what you just shared about that woman uh, one of my dear friends who's like the most devout follower she's not like a christian she's not in christianity she's just a devoted follower of jesus and she's sending me these messages she's like she's like when you mention the word jesus you will trigger you you will you will trigger people's demons like like they they will uncontrollably start to manifest. And then there's, they can't stand it. They can't be around it. It's like the one thing, it's the one energy that it just, it just triggers that, whatever that energy is. And, um, so yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning. And for people, I I would really recommend for people again, by the way, this has nothing to do with religion or churchianity. That's not what we're talking about. That's, that's all a bunch of just Hoo-ha! i don't <laughs> I'm not into any of that um but just for people listening that do feel maybe uncomfortable, I want you to consider why would you feel uncomfortable with the name jesus or god what what would actually cause one to feel uncomfortable about that um I, i'll just I'll just put that out there and just let that marinate for anybody um. And so, you know, to, to your, what was the, um, you, okay. So you asked like, how does Jesus fit into the whole, like conversation with like psychedelics and theogens? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea like what the direct answer to that is, but I do know my direct experience and that's all I can really speak from. And, and I, I, I would say this too, like, you know, we got to get clear on what drugs actually are. Like we have, like, there's a chapter in the book called culturally accepted drugs, and that that's basically all the, the the main drugs that drive the 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 system that drive the machine the stimulants, the alcohol, the 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 chemicalized tobacco, the the SSRIs, the antidepressants, the pharmaceutical and psychiatric drugs, the um I would even say cannabis, to some extent, the way that it's being abused and used as an escapism, and just all the numbing mechanisms, the medications that cause people to numb and medicate, because secretly, deep down inside, they're feeling empty. They're 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 in pain. They're in whatever. They're living a life that they don't want to be living. They're working some job. There's some just over broke job. um, Some relationship they don't want to be in. Like you know you know the deal. Like. They're just living a life that is not authentic, and they feel trapped. So they have to numb and escape it, um, and put on like some, you know, some get a little serotonin or dopamine hit with the plant medicines. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Like these are true medicines, is what I what I would say. You know, like um, earth medicines, and and I, I would really defer to people doing their own research. And why I I actually did a chapter in the book, it's the longest chapter, it's called Plant Medicines. And I take people through a whole journey on that chapter. And one of the most important parts of the chapter is is a section called Unearthing the Shadow. And that's the biggest, I guess, um, the most important thing about what these substances can do with the right set and setting and the right guidance is they can help unearth those shadow elements within our own psyche, within our own heart. And bring that to the surface um, so we can move through whatever whatever issues we have in our life. And, and by the way, how are you going to get to that under normal circumstances? The experiences I've personally had with medicine is inaccessible by me just meditating or me just working out or me just like journaling or, or psycho just doing some somatic process. All of those are helpful and necessary for integrating but to be able to directly access the root core issues that are going on with us that help us connect to the whole tell me something else that's more effective
1: yeah i mean, i i agree in the sense that nothing happens twice
0: mm. so like just
1: mm. I, I could say the same thing like i i nothing compares to me polar plunging in the river right next to where i live
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I
1: think where it gets uh, kind of mixed up is when people start saying, oh, well, that's better. That's better than uh, doing a large dose of mushrooms or doing a large dose of mushrooms. Nothing is better than that.
0: Mm. And And, and I'm not, I just want to say, I'm not recommending people even do this stuff. Like, like, like when I go, so when I go in to do an ayahuasca session journey, it's not like I'm like head over heels, just like, I'm not going to party, like I'm going in to do some deep work, and the the result of that is my heart breaks open, whatever callous or or whatever shielding or armoring I've carried with me, the result of that work is that I become a more integrated open hearted, compassionate, more purpose driven human being but i I have to get there. It doesn't just do that, and I just want to put that out there for people so you understand there's a context this this is about doing deep work and to your point like there's a lot of different ways to do that work um this is just it's an option
1: yeah i mean i'm stoked are, do you have a, your book in audio or you do you plan on getting it in audio
0: i mean i i don't i don't know not anytime soon that like i had to write the book and that was that was an endeavor in of itself
1: uh, and for a more just like literal light conversation um mm-hmm. Not that anything's wrong with the conversation we're having, but I just want to flip flop because I mentioned where I'm at. I'm in Boulder, right next to the river. One of the hottest days of the year. Um, Are you in Austin right now? I'm in Austin, and we both used to live in uh, Southern California. And I I lived in Austin before Colorado. What do you think? What do you think about Austin compared to Southern California? Have you been to Boulder?
0: I've never been to Boulder.
1: These are like there's like some sort of like light rail between these cities. Like Boulder Uh is so similar to Encinitas, but like a mountain version of it. But yeah, how how's Austin? How's life in these different places? What do you think? How do how would you compare them? Because I know a lot of people are thinking. I've had the conversations with. Do I want to move to Austin or Boulder?
0: Mm -hmm. Like a
1: lot of people are thinking that right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like a mass exodus out of California. There has been this last year. I've known so many of my friends over so many years that have all synchronistically landed over here. Um, for me, it's it's great. It's it's great for now, for sure. You know, it still has some of those those elements of the matrix and this city vibe and there's kind of, you know, there, there's that, but it, it's a small city and it has a ton of nature. I love the, the, the river energy. There's just, there's like that, that like Zilker park, like that kind of makes it work that all those trails and everything that, that part makes it work for me. Um And there's some kind of, yeah, there's some kind of like magnetic force here. I don't know. A lot of us have just been pulled here. It's, it's hard to put my finger on it. Um, and it feels like that's, that's true for a lot of places.
1: Yeah. Um, have you been to Barton Springs? Of course. And to the Barton Springs, like to the,
0: the okay. Just making sure,
1: because I've had conversations with people and they, um, because you mentioned Zilker park and I agree that in my opinion, I don't really, I haven't read the history of Austin, but my opinion and my intuition is that that City was built on Barton Springs from That's Barton what, Springs.
0: I think you're right. That's what, and, I'm and hard, a lot yeah. of people go
1: to Austin and they're like, "I'm like, how'd you like Barton Springs?" Like that. Oh, I didn't go. I'm like, oh, you didn't go to Austin. And in my opinion, <laughs> and I live what I would call right, it right next to the Barton Springs of uh, of Boulder. Oh, wow. It's a smaller call. It's a river, so it's always and so awesome. is Austin has those, the 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 Barton Springs if I remember correctly has three different springs that feed it, mm, and I mm-hmm, want yeah I can ones you can like you can find those spots and like just sit in the spring water instead of the more stagnant water um and deep Eddy pool Deep Eddy pool down the road has three wells and they're i think about 300 feet deep the yard is just 33 yards and now that's an amazing place i think they used to do like horse diving off that off horse diving like they would do high dive high dive horse diving <laughs> Well, Austin, yeah, Austin and Boulder, in these places, they do have a unique vibe. I do think it has something to do with the water. I've heard like mm-hmm. rose quartz mm-hmm. theories about like the what's under Austin. I feel like Austin has a um, the spirit of music. You know, when we did tribe yes. tribe designs, we invited the essence of music on purpose. And Austin, man, they just and Boulder, they have that music spirit to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I, I think a lot of people are hearing it. A lot of people, they are done with the static of the propaganda of the mm-hmm. news. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'd probably rather, I'd just rather, I'd rather tune into the music of the earth.
0: Well said. Well said. I think that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, people are hearing the beat of a different drum. And it's, it's, and it and it's what's interesting about it is that it seems to be some kind of carrier wave that's moving through. People like it's not one person's hearing their own song, someone's hearing it's like it's like there's a theme, right? There's some kind of universal theme that's moving through people that are awake enough that are that are that are that are able to hear it and in they're they're seeing the same thing the people that have eyes to see, and that's why you know bringing the whole the whole Jesus thing up it's like it's what makes this all so fascinating from like some kind of prophetic perspective you know it's like there is an energy that's moving through the collective almost like some kind of upward spiral um and and it's like we're all tuning into some kind of vibration some kind of some kind of uh yeah some kind of carrier wave that's moving all of us in a similar direction
1: yeah i mean I've i've thought about it like if if there was let's just say consciousness instead of literally. Mm -hmm. But if there's an apocalypse of consciousness, wouldn't there be an ascension simultaneously? Isn't that how it kind of works? Of course. Um, Of course. And and it does seem that way. And a lot, I mean, it's weird. Like all of a sudden in Boulder, everyone is a lot less scared, a lot less masked, and a lot like, and very proud of their savior known as the vaccine. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and Uh it's an interesting thing because it is kind of like, oh, cool. Now I'm not, now people are not like chasing me around stores, asking me to pull my mask up or put a mask on because they have a new belief. And I'm not actually sure what's more Uh concerning. Is it, is it more concerning that people are happier and more peaceful now because they had this, um, symbol, symbolic savior known as a vaccine or is, was it more disturbing when people were really, really scared when this first purpose start, started happening. Cause I can empathize with fear. I, I, I know what fear feels like, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not as familiar with pure delusion. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> so. I enjoy the new vibes, but I'm also, it's like almost more concerning in a bigger picture.
0: I, I yeah, I think you're tuning in to, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's almost like people have made they've made so called science or scientism their new religion, um, which which it is a religion. It's 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 an it's an atheistic materialistic, you know, godless religion where science is going to save us. But science is also what's been turning this planet into a trash heap, and it's what caused the problem in the first place. But we're going to put all our our chips in on science. It's like okay, God and faith and and all that, like, that's just a bunch of, you know, that's just, that's outdated, right? Like, oh God, that's just outdated. We, we have science now. Um, so it's, that part is very disturbing to me. Um, and I don't really know what to say about it right now. I've, I've kind of come to a, I've come to an acceptance that there's a bifurcation in the collective and the herd is being herded off to a certain direction and the ramifications of the time release nature of these vaccines and the compounds in them are going to only start to become even more, more prevalent. And I feel like for a lot of these, these people that have put their faith and their trust into the the vaccine or pharmaceuticals or whatever, the, the medical model and the, the puppeteers that are, that are posing as doctors, but they may be involved in different, very different, things. Um, there's going to be a lot of hard lessons. And I think, I think there's going to be a huge humility wave that's going to come through. And a lot of people are, are, well, a lot of people are, they're already suffering. I was going to say a lot of people are going to suffer. Like they're already suffering, but they don't necessarily know it because of what you just said, that delusion. And I'm just, it's almost hard to speak to now that I I'm thinking about it. It's like, I don't actually know what to say. Um, It's it's just very strange.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 not actually trying to say any certain thing about it, because I know people that I love and care for that have gotten the vaccine and they actually Mm -hmm. seem happier and healthier and more peaceful.
0: It's interesting. That's interesting.
1: Um, And if that's what's working for them. So maybe so
0: so maybe so maybe on some level, because of the the fear, the fear was so crippling. And so maybe on that level, like it's a psychosomatic thing, right? Like it's 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 like in their psyche that was the that is the answer like the vaccine is the answer so that alleviated the the weight of the fear that they were under and so that created a um more happy more whatever type of person
1: yeah to me there's it's amazing how many like uh these different seemingly different conversations are kind of being weaved together during this communication because I do think that, you know, you mentioned like Vaticanized and the church versus Jesus. And really, uh, one of the, my understandings is that like if I was going to try to take control of a large population or a civilization or like be the ruler, be the leader. And I mean, I think I, it's pretty clear that like dividing and conquering and making people scared is one of the easiest ways to control a herd of cattle or humans. And then like because yeah. the same thing i mean it is a little different like cattle for instance they don't sign up for the vaccine they're they're enforced you know they're they're uh-huh. actually fenced in mm-hmm. and then they're forced mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, upon these things are forced upon them whereas humans will uh, seemingly not mm-hmm. only gladly sign up for a similar situation potentially from some people's perspective but they'll also like brag about it righteously and try to push it, upon, like start enforcing that matrix on top, upon other people. I, I don't remember men in black hundred percent clearly, but does it work something like um, <clears throat> the guys with the agent Smiths, uh-huh. they would uh, erase their memory and then they would become yeah, an yeah. agent Smith. Kind oh, of thing? No, that was, yeah. so
0: that's, that's you're combining that in the matrix.
1: Okay. That's well, that's how I, I'm like, it's like yeah. it's
0: amazing to me that like a year and a
1: half ago when people were like, oh, this is, you know, certain people like this is going to be a, a whole thing. They're going to roll out a vaccine. There's going to be all this. I'm like, no, no, that can't work that easy. And mm. like people would never just sign up <laughs> yeah, for right. that. And I'm like, uh, actually, I would say over 50% of the population has not, I'm not sure if they've fallen for it, but they are, they're supporting it.
0: 100%. Not only are they
1: into it, but they are trying to enforce it upon other people through peer pressure.
0: Yeah. It's, okay. So it's like, how do I say this simply Um, because of the psychopathy and the, it's really like some sort of like slave program. And so, because, okay. So because somebody is, is doing something. Okay. So let me say it this way. I was just trying to figure out how to say this. So, okay. Somebody gets the vaccine. There's so, there's like this huge, Split. There's like this, this huge conflict between Baxter's and anti-Vaxxers, which, by the way, has also these other little tentacles like like Trump supporters, right? Non-Trump supporters are like. So, yeah, so I once went, went the,
1: into a store where I wasn't wearing a mask and I, and I just I had I was yeah, trying to have a conversation about I don't want to wear one. And then the guy called me Donald Trump and I was like. Um, first uh-huh. of all, I haven't like voted since I was <laughs> 18 and I did that for my parents. Like I am so unpolitical that uh-huh. you're right. I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't personally understand that by me not wearing a mask, people are thinking like I'm Donald Trump or something. Right. And that's yeah. a very interesting, you don't tentacle. get
0: to That's what, yeah, there's all the, I, I started tracking the program. And so there's all these little associations that go along with it. The mask, no mask, like, so that automatically makes you they put you into a box and that, that makes you who, you know, whatever they want you to be the the opposite of them. So in order, I think, I think with, with all the disclosure and all the information and all the people telling, really just sharing about like the hesitancy towards getting this untested injection and all the push around it a lot of these people that are trying to, that are getting it, bragging about it, trying to push it on other people, I think deep down they're they're actually very uncertain. They don't actually feel so, so all that kind of exaggerated behavior is like, um, it's like a, a compensation mechanism to find certainty. So they don't have to question their choice. And instead of doing that, Well, let's just let confirmation bias, let's just get, you need to do it. You need to do it. Otherwise you're a threat. You know, it just keeps reinforcing this ego, this like ego defense mechanism. Um, And it's the same thing with like, you know, like the, the vegan, the vegan community, like you were in that for a little while. And then you went on the other side. I was in that for about 10 years. And then I, I exited out of that. It's this, it's, it's the same thing. It's cult programming. It's how it works.
1: And then I am just to circle it back to the beginning and how does this, how do you think what we're talking about now ties into Jesus and Christianity and the Vatican and how we, how the church is what it is in your mind compared to what Jesus is in your mind, just like how health is Mm -hmm. in my mind compared to like the vaccine is, it's like, are they, is the, is the vaccine, how I get healthy? Like some people are going to, are A lot of people are questioning that right now. Every day, they're Mm -hmm. signing up for it. Millions. I don't know. I don't know how many vaccines have been given out, but Mm -hmm. it all does make me want to get more familiar with aiming to understand the Book of Revelations.
0: Yes. 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 Um, I I, in a in a very succinct way. I don't know how to put that all together, but I can feel it. I can feel the connect. I know. I've studied. I've gone deeper down the rabbit hole than anyone I personally know, and I've I've connected so many things. And I've seen even in my ayahuasca um, ceremonies, it showed me things that connected all of this together. Um, with the vaccine, it definitely, there definitely is like, um, people call it, say it, the mark of the beast is in there. I actually, I think that's absolutely true because there's an ingredient in the vaccine called luciferase, which is an enzyme created by Bill Gates who owns the patent and the patent is zero six, zero six, zero six. And the luciferous enzyme is some sort of tracking device. Um, and I mean, just that in of itself, just, just, just sit with that by itself. Um, aside from all the other chemical cocktails and, and whatever else is in there.
1: Um, and if People are thinking like, that's not true. Or like, is there a way someone can confirm this from themselves or will yeah, this just be like, just,
0: yeah, like do some research. It's like all. Well, it's like go to Duck Duck. Was it Duck Duck Go, dot um, com? And don't go on Google because I mean I don't, I'm not even going to Google and what that really is. But it, you're not going to find the accurate information there. So Duck Duck Go .com, um, is a uncensored uh, search engine. And then I mean this information is is all out there. But let's just take the idea in of itself. So okay, there's that. But people have to voluntarily, they have to consent to it. That's how this whole thing works in this reality, talking about kind of the forces of good and evil and just all that people have to consent. It's like a vampire, like the vampire can't go into your house unless you invite them in. So because of the propaganda and because of the fear and the conquer and divide and the the problem reaction solution, people have to consent of their own volition to take, and that's what it says in, in the, the Bible, as far as I, my best recollection is that people will, they will beg for it. They will want it. They will ask for it. They will ask for their own slavery. Right. And so we're, we're seeing it happen. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that being what it is, you know, it's, uh, pff, I don't even, I mean, I'll just pause on there because I don't even know where to go from there.
1: Well, I think the consent thing is very, um, like someone asked me the other day, what's one of my more subtle life hacks, and it's interesting how you kind of tied the consent into like the uh, the spiritual aspects of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I um just uh, just making another personal example. The other day, this guy um asked me like we were having a great polar plunge, and something started like uh, it happens quite a bit where people are polar plunging, but uh, something started bubbling up in him. And he wanted to, some reason, he picked me out and asked me if we can lock hands and scream. He wanted to scream and lock hands. And I said, um, because he started telling me he had a really rough experience at this river years ago, and it was like all surfacing. And I was like, well, um, will it be good for me? And he says, no, it'll be good for me. He didn't say no. He said, it'll be good for me. That's what he said. (laughs) And like, at this point, I'm thinking like, I am, I'm not sure if I'm engaging with this person and um that's why i'm being very clear what is this am i consenting to something that's going to be good for me and when i got and i did not get an answer on that you know i just made a simple suggestion like um we'll just let's just do it on the earth i'll scream into the earth if you want to scream at the earth Mm. and um (laughs) and we did that and but this is the same thing i've seen this in like maui for instance paia maui it's kind of interesting it's like a boulder Uh in, uh in in a way in the sense that it may attract the best people in the world and the worst people in the world. Like I've heard that said about Paella and I I could guess why.
0: I've seen that over in Paella for sure. And people there, like I remember walking in the street
1: with a group of friends and like people, there's certain people that'll hang out and um, they want to shake your hand. This was before COVID. That's one good thing about COVID. I feel like people learned a lot about boundaries, personal, (laughs) physical boundaries. But I saw person after person like shake this person's hand that they did not want to shake their hand. But once they did shake their hand, something I felt like was transmitted. And it was like this person holding their hand out was at, they were, I feel like being used to ask, Mm, 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 to engage mm. with this other, this other spirit. Mm. And I just think that's like, really, even though I might not be clearly conveying this, but I imagine like you've been saying, you were getting the feeling and it might be hard to put into words, but I do think consent is a huge thing yes. in the spiritual war that we might be in.
0: Yes. I think you, you nailed it. That, that, that's the most important thing I think somebody can take from this whole conversation is what am I consenting to? Not just what you're putting on a paper and you know your little signature, but what are you consenting to within your own mind? what am i entertaining within my my emotions am i just my emotions are just going all over the place or just going down these little rabbit holes um you know these little conversations with people my time my energy like what am i really consenting to because it it is a consent based reality and that's how the luciferian um that's how the Luciferian energy works. It's the same thing with like Hollywood movies. Now we find out that Hollywood is just a big freaking front for so many different things. And it's just become like a propaganda indoctrination arm. Um, it, it's it's like they they have to put certain certain messages or certain things into these into into movies or billboards or whatever. Because subconsciously we have to, we have to consent that, okay, this is normal, right? Like, you know, man, there's so many examples coming up, but I'll just leave it very vague in general. Like this is normal. This is, this is, this is acceptable, right? This is okay. And then we just go along with it thinking that it's not a big deal, like transgenderism or transhumanism or uh processed foods factory farm foods like whatever example after example these things are um they're normal right and so we're we're unconsciously use one
1: specific example that I do think might have one of the most hardest impacts on humanity cuz you talked about it specific uh, it sounds like you talk about it in your book mm-hmm. but specifically um What's the Percocets and the Oxycontins and the hydrocodones? What is that classification of drugs called? Opiates? Oh, yeah, the opiates. Manufactured Opioids. opiates? Yeah, mm-hmm. opiates. Yeah. Um, That's a great how, example. Yeah, great example because, you know, the propaganda of the pharmaceutical commercials and everything and how it's pushed through doctors, you know, all of that. Yes. And at the same time, it seems like some of the greatest people that have ever lived have been arguably defeated by that specific class of mm. um, drugs. Mm. And then I hear about something like, uh, and I've used it, um, kratom. kratom, for yeah. instance, that might hit those opiate receptors that might actually be the best way for people to get off the manufactured ones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you look, like, if someone Googles Kratom, they're going to find all kinds of controversial stuff out there. Uh-huh. And I've used yeah. it. To me, it seems like a, like a green tea. I mean, I've never used a larger <laughs> dose, so maybe it's uh-huh. uh, different, but it has like a, more of a body high yeah. Yeah. of like a tea. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so, yeah, it's very important to be aware of, I think what, even though we're not going hundred percent into each topic, I think it's very important for people to have a general awareness of what we are getting at here.
0: Yeah. And one thing that's coming up for me that I, that wants to be said in this whole, this whole framework of like consent, um, it's interesting how this is tying into our original conversation around like, God and Jesus, because what, this is my perspective. This is just my interpretation, my feeling. My feeling is that why people have such a hard time with the term God or the term Jesus is because it's so absolute. Like when you think of God or you think of Jesus, there's no, there's no wavering of what that is. It's such an absolute clear um, thing, Right. And so a lot of people have liked to get very general and like, "Oh no, it's the universe. it's life, it's this, it's that." And, and these are very general, non-specific, non-committal type of things. And the cons- so when it comes to consent and to know what you're consenting to, you have to, you have to actually know what you're committed to. And so if we're kind of in this wishy-washy like new age false light kind of um generalization um then it's very possible that maybe we're serving the wrong the wrong uh master so to speak from kind of more of a biblical type of framework
1: um you get what I'm saying like yeah, this reminds me so much of um, I used to read some C.S. Lewis. And I think one of the books that's coming to mind is like Screwtape Letters or something like that. Have you read it any C- no. C.S. Lewis? I forget the name of the books, but he's a Christian philosopher and um, he was yeah, what I remember from his works is that there you there's a good and evil. And that when someone doesn't believe in that that's where like the it he, he has quite in-depth philosophical philosophical debates about that. Mm. But it is that is a big polarization, I think, with a lot of people I know. I know a lot of seemingly good people that don't believe in good and evil. And I know it's, it's seemingly good people that really believe in good and evil. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I was gonna say uh for myself, I believe in good and evil.
0: Uh, it's it's uh, it's undeniable. It's it's astonishing to me. Even Jordan Peterson says that. He's like, you know, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he's something to the effect of like, you may not believe that there's good in the world, but it should be un It should be like undeniable that evil exists like it should be undeniable. How could you even deny that? Um, And so the fact that people do deny that is that to me is actually the most alarming thing.
1: Yeah, you know I, I know we've both had so many different experiences with so many different peoples or plants or ex- groups of people mm-hmm. or and uh, yeah, I've come to a place recently where I'm, I'm concerned, I'm like mm-hmm. quite concerned um, I'm quite concerned because of people I know that are like leading people in the directions that are concerning, quite concerning, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. and I, I'm, I'm at the odds of what to do. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what to do all the time about it, but for instance, one thing I've committed and consented to is to like doing a. I, I I did a challenge for the tribe vitamins. I'm basically going to hook up anyone with free tribe vitamins. If they can do a hundred pull-ups, a hundred ups and a hundred kettlebell swings, uh, six days a week for four weeks in a row. Wow. And I just committed to that. And it was, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of an addiction. Like I'm, I'm not doing it today and I feel like I'm kind of like fiending for it, um, but I need mm-hmm. to take a break as well. And um, I've had so much this last year. Like I said, this the emotional. What I've had to endure emotionally, mm. f- what I believe is for the well being of my daughter, which I believe is for the well being of me and everybody, mm. has been so profound that it would be crazy for me not to commit and consent to working out that much right now. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I I'm wondering what you're doing. Like, are, are, do you feel the same way that, like, man, the good and the evil, and like people are getting swayed by the evil? What do I do? Or yeah. Um, like, and how do you, and yeah. one, one question to tie into that for someone that might be, um, also addicted to numbing that out, mm-hmm. do you have any mm-hmm. hacks that are fun,
0: fun to talk about
1: for sure. someone to maybe, and, and, you know, kind of invite them to read the book even more?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much in the book, um, that people can, can gain so much from, but I'll just, your, your question is really important for me and what, what, my ayahuasca journey it showed me as well is that I, I had all these big questions about God and, and life. What am I here to do in my life? And it, it kept bringing me back down to earth. It kept bringing me to my relationships. It started showing me all these people in my life, and it the message was just help people. Your purpose and your mission is to help people. Um, and I think I think what I've gained out of it is that, you know, the world is going to be what the world's going to be. It has its own trajectory, like it, like there is, there's a force moving through the world, working itself through it. And I get to decide who I'm going to be in it. And I can be weighed down by the world and try to change the world, or I can just work on changing myself. And I think that, 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 that kind of tried and true wisdom is still true. I think that, I think that is, what we're here to do, we're here to suss out the darkness within ourselves, and that's why I, I'm really committed to doing um, more of these ayahuasca retreats over the next couple months, because I want to suss that out inside of myself. That that's that's my when I when I feel like I'm I'm waging a holy war on the dark forces, like that's that's what I feel. I know that most of that is internal. It's not like I'm going out there. Yeah, I'm making different posts and stuff, but that's an internal process in of itself. Like I'm, you know, I have to go through myself to to bring that out. And yes, it it helps people, inspires people. And that's great. But I'm I'm not out there, you know, trying to slay demons per se. I'm just I'm having the internal experience of it and working through my own my own stuff. So I feel like that—that's what we're here to do. And then, however, that manifests externally um, is going to be unique to each individual. But the addiction thing comes in because I think that—that's how we've been—we've been held hostage to this—this this like pleasure overstimulation, numb, numb ourselves out from reality kind of um, uh, approach in our society. And, um, that that's the slave program. That's how we have been voluntarily indentured. And that's also going to be our liberation. I think that's going to be our spiritual liberation is going through the withdrawal, going through the process of liberating ourselves from these, um, these addictions. And that's why I wrote the book and that that was my most practical solution to that kind of question. What do I do about the, the conflict between good and evil? I don't know. I'm not. This has been going on for a long time, a long, long time. Um, but my my personal response is that at least the thing that we can do is try to be the best version of ourselves and and suss out those shadows inside of ourselves. Open our heart, love love as much as we can, and get rid of all the addictive, limiting things that we know are not good for us, so we can actually be a clear vessel. And we can actually connect to what I'm choosing to call, call God.
1: Wow! Thank you, man. Thank you for uh, being such a vigilant, investigative journalist for your own personal journey and kind of and being courageous enough to report out loud about your findings. It's uh, super inspiring and uh, super important and powerful. Um, for someone that listens to the classic addiction, someone smoking cigarettes, I'm curious on your opinion on this. Do you mm-hmm. think that? Um, they should try to just stop or do they, what do you like when you mentioned the withdrawal, do you think, uh-huh. I mean, I know it's based case by case. I don't know if you're giving people consultations around that, but you know, people are all, I, I think everyone's addicted to so many different things.
0: Absolutely. And, and
1: that's why the raw vegan diet, I got addicted to that. And I was like, wow, this is one of the, for an addictive personality, this is like the greatest addiction maybe
0: the someone greatest- can <laughs> have. <laughs>
1: they might have like long-term, maybe not the greatest effects, but for those first six months, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm just like a freaking hummingbird.
0: Right. Um. It's it's an amazing cleanse and detox. And the one thing that the raw raw food um, world taught me is the value of detoxing. Like it it opened my eyes in a way that no other dietary path, you know, like where where do you find someone like David Wolfe or Robert Kassar? You know, it's like (laughs) these characters that are just like these vast, like vaults of like so nuanced and niched information. Um, You know, it's like it only comes out of a world like that um so i so i'm super i'm super grateful for that that world um but yeah you're right back to your point like okay so if you're dealing with like let's say tobacco and this is something near and dear to my heart cuz i've i've been i've i've especially over the last year and a half i've i've you know worked with tobacco in varying degrees some some more extreme than others and i've had to go through that addiction cycle um what I would say is like for, there's there's a there's a uh, there's a principle called um, subtraction by addition. Subtraction by addition, which means that instead of just trying to take something out and go cold turkey, focus on what you want to add in. That's better. That feels better. It's higher quality, and then that's going to slowly start to push out the the lower quality stuff. It just it just naturally happens. So if it's like tobacco upgrade the quality of your tobacco because there's nothing wrong with enjoying what you do. Like there's a reason, there's a reason you're doing it. I don't want to demonize or or vilify habits because like Dr. Gabor Mate said that uh, the addiction is not the problem. The addiction is an attempt to solve a problem. So it's, so the, the coffee or the tobacco or the alcohol or the cannabis or the whatever, the pornography, um, although those things, can be very problematic. They're not the problem itself. It's the, it's a compensation strategy. It's a coping mechanism. So, um, you know, so if, if somebody is very stressed out, just taking them off tobacco may not be the best thing for them, but we can upgrade the quality of it and we can educate them on like the, the reverence of the tobacco plant. Like, hey, this isn't just some like thing you just puff on and just, you know, just to de-stress, like maybe say a little prayer. Right. Like actually bring some intentionality into the thing, the, the coffee, like, oh, my God, it's like, I really want to get off coffee and it's just too much. OK, let's upgrade the quality of the coffee the best we can and then create. The, and for most people, it's the ritual. Eventually, it's just like, well, I just I like the ritual of it. Well, there's a lot of different rituals you can you can do with the same kind of thing, like with a tea or a cacao or or whatever, um, so I think the I think what I'm trying to get at here is that A upgrade your lifestyle habits. Like take like listen to Daniel, like, like take a cold shower, like go jump in the river if you have access to it. Do ice plunging. Like that's that's that that right there is one of the most powerful things to reset your whole your whole system. Um, you know, start creating a lifestyle that actually is reflective of health and vitality. Um And then the other part I think I was mentioning is like the the um, understanding why you're doing what you're doing. That's the that's the main piece. Why do you do what you do? Like be inquisitive, inquire. Like don't just go on autopilot. Inquire into why do I like to do this thing? And then and then you know then it takes the judgment out, right? I think the biggest problem, uh, the biggest problem in the world with humans is we're just so stuck in this judgment thing like people are constantly judging others, but really what they're doing is they're judging themselves. And, and we, and we, and that's one of the things that Aya showed me too, when it came in and said, you don't need to be so hard on yourself. It, it was like, I, I, I almost wanted to cry because I, I felt the pain of self judgment and how much weight I put on myself. So I think until we, we as individuals can start to get to the heart of our own matter, and release that that weight or that self judgment, um, that has a way of releasing the hold on the the habit itself.
1: Awesome, yeah. I um, I, it's such a big topic, such a. And I'm happy you have a whole book out there and that you've put so much work into it and that you are obviously very well versed and knowledgeable about it through probably outside, outside and inside research. So yes, I, yes. I, hey, I bet some people might be wanting to reach out to you. Do you do, you do um, consultations around that? Yeah. Like some, okay, cool. Yeah,
0: I, I do coaching.
1: What is the best place for, for someone to reach out to you and, um, or look you up?
0: Okay, um right now Instagram and Facebook. Um I'm spending a little more time on Instagram right now, just with all this like flurry of posts that are coming out of me. Um so so you can easily reach me on Instagram. It's just Ronnie under under Landis, Um, same thing, Facebook. Um, then my website is hphealth.com. Um I haven't updated the website in quite some time, uh, but you can get on the mailing list. Like, er like everything is going through some kind of reinvention as I'm going through my own, my own process as well. But, um, yeah, all the work that I've done, the addiction-free lifestyle, the the health and nutrition work and personal development work, it's, it's, it's all there. And I, I do coaching programs and things of that nature as well.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to crossing paths in person again soon, and yes. whether it's the Barton Springs in Austin or the River in Boulder, oh, or somewhere man, else new. Uh, let's let's keep in touch, and yeah, keep man, keep growing stronger. It mm, seems like you, you. Uh, yeah, you're one of the most com- committed people I've ever met to their growth. Mm. So thank well, you,
0: Well, wow, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> great to be here with you, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Make it a great day. Thanks you for everything. Too.